Welcome to the Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, and on this day in 1879, Albert Einstein was born. E is equal mc squared, in which energy is third equal to mass, multiplied with the square of the velocity of light. I'm Doug Harding, and here are your top stories presented by Mall of Georgia Dodge Jeep Chrysler. Brookwood and Hebron girls basketball teams brought home state championships. The family of a teen killed at Sugarloaf Mills is suing the owners and security officials of the mall. And we'll check in with our friends at the Atlanta Gladiators. We'll have all of this and more on the Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. We sat down with Lauren Livesay and Colin Cappy, second-generation employees of Kia Mall of Georgia, and asked them what makes Kia Mall of Georgia different. We are family-owned and operated. Um, we have been here for going on 29 years. We take everything to heart here, and um, all of our hard work is what we put into it as a family. Not every other business has that. been here in Buford for 25 years, selling cars to anyone that wants one. The reasons why you would come to a small family-owned dealership, you get that sort of family experience. Kia Mall of Georgia, making a difference in the lives of their customers. Go see them on the lot at 4180 Buford Drive in Buford or visit them online at kiamallofgeorgia.com. The odds were stacked against the Hebron girls basketball team heading into the 2022-23 season. After losing in the Class A private state finals last season, the Lions had the daunting task of moving up two classifications to a much deeper class AAA, making their road back to the Macon Centriplex that much tougher. But with a retooled roster and the winningest head coach in the history of Georgia high school basketball, the jump didn't phase the Lions in the East. Facing off against defending state champion Lumpkin County in the Class AAA state finals Friday afternoon, the Lions pummeled the Indians for four quarters and cruised to a 68-36 win for their second state title in program history and 15th for legendary coach Jan Azar. Azar now has two state titles in her first four seasons at Hebron. More impressively, the win over the Indians completes the undefeated season for Hebron at 32-0, the only team in the state of Georgia to do that this season. Standout sophomore guard Aubrey Beckham finished with 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists, while Jakira Butler scored 13 of her 16 points in the second half to pair with 13 rebounds. The Lions also got double-jit scoring efforts from Amaya Porter, who had 12 points, and Nakia Daniel, who scored 11. Defensively, the Lions held the Indians to just 23% from the field and out-rebounded them 37-26. For the first time in program history, the Brookwood girls basketball team has its state championship. The Broncos overcame a sluggish first half and struggles on the offensive glass to race past a defending 7A state champion Norcross Blue Devils 43-39 behind a dominant performance from Super 6 senior guard Deanna Collins. Collins scored a game-high 21 points, including 15 in the second half, to lead the Broncos. Daniel Asha was the only other Bronco to score in double figures with 10 points. Jade Weathersby was close behind with 9 points and 12 rebounds. Despite giving up 21 offensive rebounds on the night, the Broncos' defense still managed to hold the Blue Devils to just 25% from the field. The Blue Devils attempted 18 more shots than the Broncos, but struggled all night to knock down shots. For the parents of Elijah DeWitt, the last five months have been what they call a daily nightmare. 
DeWitt, who was a football and baseball standout at Jefferson High School, died after he was shot in a parking lot at Sugarloaf Mills outside Dave & Buster's on October 5th. The incident has been described as an attempted robbery. Now, DeWitt's family has filed a wrongful lawsuit against the mall, its owner and security officials, as well as Dave & Buster's. The lawsuit that was filed this week named several defendants, including Simon Property Group, Sugarloaf Mills Limited Partnership, Universal Protection Service, LLC, Dave & Buster's of Georgia, Sugarloaf Mills Security Director Jason Choi, and five individuals referred to as John Doe's 1 to 5. The lawsuit alleges that the defendants in the case failed to keep the mall premises safe, allowed a public nuisance to exist, engaged in negligent employee hiring, training, supervision, and retention practices, and failure to voluntarily undertake a duty of care for Elijah DeWitt. Among the allegations outlined in the lawsuit is that there had been ongoing crime-related issues at Sugarloaf Mills before DeWitt was shot and that the mall's owners and security officials, as well as Dave and Buster's officials, did not do enough to address those issues. Chandler Richardson and Kamari Bryan are awaiting trial on murder, aggravated assault, and possession of a firearm during the commission of certain felonies charges in connection with the teen's death. An arrangement hearing for Richardson was held Friday morning. DeWitt had been on a date with his girlfriend at the mall on the night he died. Gwinnett police said at the time that DeWitt had gotten into an altercation with Richardson and Brian. The DeWitt family has previously said his death was a result of a botched robbery. Officials for Simon Property Group and Sugarloaf Mills could not be reached for comment on Friday. Dave & Buster spokeswoman Karina Bibbins-McKeever told the Daily Post that the entertainment venue chain could not comment on the lawsuit. Gwinnett County residents are being invited to participate in discussion on mental health in the Duluth area this week. Gwinnett County Board of Education Chairwoman Therese Johnson said in an announcement on Facebook that community leaders got together to organize the panel discussion, which will take place from 5 until 7 p.m. on Wednesday at the McClure Health Science High School, which is located at 3921 Club Drive in unincorporated Duluth. The event is described as a community listening panel discussion and question and answer session. A flyer that has been circulating for the event says a Gwinnett team of mental health professionals will participate in the panel discussion. The flyer states the panel will consist of representatives from the Mental Health Support Network, cybersecurity firm Fort Security, Barber Therapy, a licensed clinical social worker, and a licensed professional counselor. Hi, I'm Peggy with Peggy Slappy Properties. Our experienced realtors are ready to make the play and help you find your next home. Whether buying, selling, or renting, our winning team will help you navigate today's market. Call us today, 770-271-5555, or check us out online at psponline.com. Enriching lives one story at a time with over 40 years and counting. Everyone is worried about inflation, and for many on a fixed income, Tom M. Wages Funeral Service Prefunding Funeral Prearrangements allows you to beat inflation. Because we put your money in a trust, Tom M. Wages is able to guarantee your family will not have to pay the future costs of goods and services, regardless of how much it increases in the future. Prices will always go up. A sure way to save money and beat inflation is to prefund your prearranged funeral today. Let the family service professionals at Tom M. Wages in Snellville or Lawrenceville help you. Call Tom M. Wages at 770-978-3200 or email jim at wagesfuneralhome.com. 
Tom M. Wages, the most respected and requested funeral home in Gwinnett County. Discover the vivid palette of our world in Fernbank Museum's immersive and interactive exhibit, The Nature of Color. Step into a color-changing room, virtually paint, and grasp the meaning of color diversity as you explore how hues play roles in nature, emotion, science, and culture. Paint your world full of fun, beauty, and wonder for a limited time. Get tickets at fernbankmuseum.org color. U.S. Army Corps of Engineers launched and then quickly paused efforts to find a new name for Lake Lanier and Buford Dam on Friday afternoon. The lake and the dam were highlighted in a report from a federal commission that looked at renaming Department of Defense properties, which are named for people who served in the Confederate Army. The naming commission was created in response to the William M. Mack Thornberry National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021. The naming commission's final report to Congress pointed out Buford Dam is named for the city of Buford, but added that the city was named for Algernon Sidney Buford, who was a member of the Virginia militia during the Civil War. The commission said Lake Lanier was named for the poet Sidney Lanier, who had also been served as a private in the Confederate Army. The renaming of Lake Lanier would not be as simple as the Army deciding to change it in response to the commission's report. That's because the lake name was set by Congress when it approved its creation in 1946. In other words, the Republican-controlled House and Democrat-controlled Senate would have to agree to changing the lake's name. If that name were to change, it would have a cascading effect that would reverberate across a community because of places in the community that are named for either the lake or the dam. In Gwinnett, these places include Buford Dam Roads and Corps of Engineers run Buford Dam Park, as well as Lake Lanier Middle and Lanier High School. There is also Lanier Islands and residential communities. Lake Lanier orders several other counties as well where amenities, roads, and communities also take their name from the lake. Like Leonardo DiCaprio! That's Da Vinci, Gene. No! Gwinnett County's congressional representatives are asking high school students to submit artwork for a chance to have their work displayed in the U.S. Capitol. Congressional districts across the nation hold art competitions each year where high school students from their respective district can enter artwork they created in one of several different types of visual mediums. The winner of each district's competition will have their artwork displayed in the Capitol in Washington, D.C. for one year. Most, if not all, members of Congress participate in the nationwide effort each year, and that includes the three congressional members who represent parts of Gwinnett County, U.S. Reps Lucy McBath, Rick McCormick, and Andrew Clyde. McBath announced this past week that the deadline to submit work for the 7th Congressional District Art Competition will be at 5 p.m. on April 24th. Entries must be submitted in person or by mail to McBath's district office, which is located at 3700 Crestwood Parkway, Suite 270 in Duluth. An online entry form and a required release form can be found at mcbath.house.gov slash artcompetition. McCormick and Clyde, who represent the 6th and 9th congressional districts respectively, have not announced their respective district submission deadline, but both of them have posted entry forms on their congressional websites. The form for McCormick's district can be found at mccormick.house.gov services art competition, while the form for Clyde's district can be found at clyde.house.gov backslash forms, backslash submit artwork. McCormick's office is also requesting questions about the 6th Congressional District Art Competition to Suzanne Swain at suzanne.swain at mail.house.gov. Hello, Canada and hot 
And now, the Atlanta Gladiators' Liam Gottimer stops by to give us our update on the Glads. And we're back with Liam Gottimer of the Atlanta Gladiators. And Liam, uh, we got a nice little two-game winning streak to talk about today. That's right, Matt. It's good to be here, as always. And uh, yeah, the Gladiators with two wins this week. And I guess we'll start this past Tuesday against the Greenville Swamp Rabbits at home. That's a big win for the Gladiators. And that was a tightly contested game all throughout. First goal of the game was scored a minute 54 into the third period by Tanner Eberly of the Swamp Rabbits. And Matt, if I can encapsulate that game for everybody listening, the Gladiators needed a regulation win without giving the Swamp Rabbits any points. And the fact that they were down one nothing in the third period, they don't score the first goal of the game, but score two unanswered in the third to win the game in regulation time. That perhaps could have been the biggest win of the season up to this point for the Glads. Absolutely. That sounds huge. And I mean, just the fact to be able to do that as, as we're getting into this playoff grind, trying to everybody shocking for position, that's definitely a huge win to come away with. Yeah, definitely. And again, you know, the Gladiators looked good in the first two periods. And, you know, I spoke to head coach Jeff Pyle on Coach's Corner um, prior to the start of the game. And one of the things he stressed, he said to me, he was like, look, now, you'll know whether or not we're going to win this game in the first five minutes. And the Gladiators looked really good in the first five minutes. And the fact that it was a tie game, once again, going into the third, you give up the power play goal. It was Tyler Harmon's professional debut and to be able uh, to back up uh, the newest Gladiator goaltender and get the win for him uh, was really huge. So big night on Tuesday. Awesome to get that and awesome to get that in front of the home crowd. We'll then go on to... The next game, and that was a good road win over the Orlando Solar Bears. Yeah, that was huge. Again, every game uh, really is critical for the Gladiators. Of course, with only one game this weekend, they had a couple games up um, on a lot of the other teams in the South Division, meaning that they had played more games than other teams in the South. So the amount of games that they would be playing this weekend would be minimal. Of course, with the only game being this past Friday against the Solar Bears, they needed that game, just like they needed the game against the Swamp Rabbits. And Bodie Wild scoring his first goal back with the Gladiators since returning off the injured reserve. He doesn't just score once, but he scores twice. Uh, Sang Hoon Sheen with two goals as well. So again, it was really a team effort on Friday night in Orlando and a game that the Gladiators, again, really needed to win in regulation and they do. And they kind of staved off the uh, Solar Bears who are behind them. They were neck and neck with one another going into that game. So to be able to create some separation um, from the teams behind the Gladiators and to creep closer uh, to the top four in the division, I think was big. Super nice to get a little bit of breathing room on the Solar Bears and, and kind of move forward with that. So now we've got another week, another Tuesday night home game and Swamp Rabbits again, right? Yep, Swamp Rabbits coming back into town, right? A little bit of deja vu. Thought we saw this before, and we did. Uh, yeah, so again, it will be another uh, $2 Labatt Tuesday. Uh, so again, fans definitely come out and take advantage of that promotion and another huge uh, interdivisional game. Again, could not be any bigger of an opponent um, for one of the few remaining home games left uh, for the Gladiators this season. So for, for people who may not know, what do the Gladiators, what needs to happen in order for them to make the playoffs? So the Gladiators need to finish in the top four uh, in their in the South Division. And right now, the South Division, first through six, 
uh, is separated by just 11 points. And the first through four spots are just separated by five points. So right now, the Gladiators, they would love for the Florida Everblades to fall to that fourth spot because the Glads have four games, I believe, against the Everblades prior to the end of the season. So those head-to-head matchups, those are really the games where the Gladiators are going to be able to gain the most ground. You want to see South Carolina creep as far up the standings as possible because the Gladiators have no more games uh, against the Stingrays this season. They have one more game against the Jacksonville Icemen, one more game against the Swamp Rabbits, which is, of course, coming up tomorrow night. So the team that the Gladiators want to catch are the Everblades, and they currently are sitting in second place with 72 points. But South Carolina, if they're able to earn a victory without Florida winning a game, they would jump to second place, have 73 points, and Florida would be in fourth place, which, of course, uh, is the standing where the Gladiators are trying to get to to make the playoffs. So Florida is the team for me uh, I'm watching out for. But that's going to be easier said than done because, of course, the Everblades are the 2022 Kelly Cup champions. Uh, They're one of the strongest teams in this division. I just think this entire division, just one through six, I think Jacksonville, Florida, Greenville, South Carolina, Atlanta, and even Orlando, uh, who was sticking around there prior to their loss to the Gladiators this past Friday, are all in the conversation still to make the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to catch South Carolina. I don't think they're going to catch Jacksonville. Um, So Florida and Greenville are the two teams for me that I'm keeping a close eye on. And I'd recommend all Gladiators fans to circle those games as well as the Gladiators games coming up on the calendar. Now, earlier you mentioned one of the things that was good about last week's win against the Swamp Rabbits was it happened in regulation. What does that really affect as far as the points? Yeah, so you can get an extra point uh, if you uh, go to overtime or shootout, even if the team does lose. Um, So if the Gladiators would go to overtime and that remained a tie hockey game, then the Swamp Rabbits would have gained a point, even if the Gladiators had won uh, in overtime. So again, just staving them off in regulation, you know, giving them no points to walk out of from Gas South Arena was really crucial. And the Swamp Rabbits specifically coming into this game tomorrow night, they last faced off against the Savannah Ghost Pirates this past Sunday afternoon. And they lost in a shootout. And that was a game where the uh, Ghost Pirates were down late in that game. They got a game-tying goal, and they ended up winning the game in the shootout. So, you know, you take what you can get at that point. The Ghost Pirates uh, doing their interstate rivals a little bit of a favor there, uh, taking one point away from the Swamp Rabbits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always, always good to see. And that's very interesting just to kind of add another level of how you kind of have to strategize for these games is that it's not necessarily always just about getting the win. It's, you know, that there's there's a longer term goal it's not just about the end of the day and that's that's uh i mean that's just definitely something that's uh it's a lot interesting to watch especially if you maybe aren't used to this league and and you're you haven't really seen this kind of you know these kind of rules before Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's this time of year, right? Uh, with the regular season just winding down. And again, just as tight knit as this division is in the South, um, just every point matters. And you can expect when these two teams, you know, who are in the division go head to head against one another, it is going to be a battle every single game. Uh, and the Swamp Rabbits, again, they're coming in off two straight losses to teams that I think in their minds, you know, they probably think that they should have beaten, of course, in the Gladiators who are behind them in the standings and the Ghost Pirates who are last in the standings. So they're going to come in a hungry hockey team uh, tomorrow night, which should make for a very highly contested game uh, tomorrow. And then we'll look ahead to the weekend. The Glads are going to be on the road for three games at the Reading Royals, who are not in their division, correct? Yeah, the Royals are not in their division. They're currently second place in the North Division. They're a very good hockey team as well. They got a 33-20-4 record. They got 70 points. They're only 10 points behind first place Newfoundland in the North Division, which is a very uh, top-heavy division. They got a 6-14 winning percentage. They have very uh, good goal differential. They've scored... 
Uh, let me do some quick math here. <laughs> They've scored 45 more goals uh, than their opponents have. Um, so again, the Gladiators are going to need to take advantage of these games on the road, and it's not an easy opponent. But three games, there's not going to be a lot more chances for the Gladiators to gain uh, those points in the standings during a three-game stretch. So if they can have some success like they've had on the road in past weekends, uh, then I think it could be a good sign. But I think for the Gladiators to make the playoffs, they are going to need to be at their best because the road moving forward here to the end of the regular season is not an easy one, whether it's Redding, who they're going to face uh, this upcoming weekend, or Florida, like I mentioned, who they have four plus more games against uh, as we head into the stretch run here. So the Gladiators are going to need to be at their best. Um, and I think that's what you want, right, heading into the postseason. Even if they're able to come out with a miracle run and find themselves in the playoffs, they will be battle-tested and ready to go thanks to the tough opponents that they're going to face in the upcoming weeks. It's definitely encouraging that the team seems to be playing its best hockey right now as we get closer to the playoffs. And it's a lot of fun, but it, again, it, it all starts Tuesday night with the with the Swamp Rabbits coming to town. And you, you hopefully you can get that get that win there in front of the home crowd, and then you move on. But a lot of fun stuff, a lot of exciting hockey coming on. Uh, you know, it, I, I think uh, I think this this should be a pretty good crowd. Remember, it is two dollar Tuesday, so get out there early and have a have a night, Glads fans. Absolutely. Definitely take advantage of the promotion. Of course, like it was last week, $2 Labatt Blue Lights um, available until puck drop. Um, the offer is valid until then. And again, just a really important hockey game against a tough team in the Swamp Rabbits. And if the Gladiators are able to come out with a regulation win, a win, but especially a regulation win, then things really start to get exciting here for the Gladiators down the stretch run. I even think it will be, even if they don't come away with the victory. But like you said, they're playing their best hockey. They're getting some reinforcements back on the back end and up front. And Tyler Harmon, I got to give him credit where it's due. He's come in in the middle of the season out of Mercyhurst University, made his first professional start this past Tuesday against the Swamp Rabbits, made 30 saves on 31 shots, then went to Orlando, played on the road, and was able to gain the victory in that game as well. So a lot can be said for riding a hot goaltender, and I think that's what the Gladiators are doing right now, especially after losing David Tendek to the American Hockey League. He's now paired up once again with Tyler Parks, who was a pairing with the Glads early on this season right now it's Harmon and Sekelaropoulos um you know in between the pipes for the rest of the season here so we'll see what a way to make your pro hockey debut right right here at crunch time that's uh that's impressive you know Matt it's really incredible I was one of our um Mixler fans who were listening on the audio side of things for uh, this past Tuesday night's game said Tyler Harmon got in at 10.30 the night previous, signed his SPC at around 9 a.m. And by 9.20 p.m., he was uh, taking a picture with uh, the puck that got him uh, the first professional win in his career. So it was an awesome story. Super happy for him. And he's getting his chance. And uh, that's what hockey's all about. So. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Liam, I, I always appreciate having you on. And uh, hopefully we'll have some more wins to talk about next week. Yeah, right on, Matt. My pleasure. The Gwinnett Daily Post is giving away a four-pack of tickets to Fernbank Museum. Call 404-997-8655 and leave a voicemail for your chance to win four tickets to go to Fernbank. Engineer Solutions of Georgia. We guarantee a stable, dry foundation. With over 30 years of experience and a lifetime of support, residential and commercial. Hey, we do it all. For basement waterproofing and repairs to your foundation. Dial 678-ESOG now. 
Are you looking for your next big job or just wanting to improve your work situation? Here's a great opportunity. Gwinnett County is having a Career From Here hiring event March 17th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Gas South Convention Center at 6400 Sugarloaf Parkway in Duluth. Bring your resume and dress for success. Apply for jobs from animal services, engineering, IT, to all sorts of trades. Gwinnett County offers competitive pay, benefits, paid training, and more. You can also apply in advance online at GwinnettCountyJobs.com. The Career From Here hiring event, Friday, March 17th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth. Thanks again for listening to today's Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. Did you know over 50% of Americans listen to podcasts weekly? Make sure you join us for our next episode and be sure to share this podcast on social media with your friends and family. Add us to your Alexa flash briefing or your Google Home briefing and be sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Producer. Doug Harding, Creative Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. Producers Jason Gentarola and Matt Golden. And Jin Rei Zhang, Video Producer. All rights reserved.